Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network. You must unlearn what you have learned. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. Welcome back, Outriders. John, Josh, and Matt coming at you again from Power 9 Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We got your big news for the week, and that's not really a lot of big news, but uh, we've still got some great stuff to talk about this week. We're going to look at uh, some of the new cards that we've kind of put on <laughs> put on the back burner for two weeks. New-ish, new-like, new to us. How about that? Yeah, new, yeah. new that everybody else <laughs> has been playing with for two weeks. For the priority. Well, we've been, yeah. well, we've been you know, interviewing the people who make this game and stuff. That's so. not an excuse, Josh. <laughs> Get no. your crap together. No, it's a justification. So we got a chance to get a couple games in with it. I think that was the most important thing. We didn't want to just yes. start speculating on it. We wanted to actually play test it. So we'll talk about those. We're going to deep dive into the rules update that was released, uh, what, about a week ago? I yeah, think, uh, I think it was two weeks the 14th. Ago, week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Something like that. got a chance to take a look at that, and uh, we'll do a little deep dive on that. And, of course... Josh, controversy Josh has got some controversy community. to talk oh, about. Wah, wah, wah. No, nah, nothing really controversial, but we're gonna, you know, take a look at one of the first big uh, tournament announcements as far as their their rules are concerned. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if we necessarily we call it a tournament announcement, but uh, something that uh, arose because of the the vagaries of the wording of the FFG tournament docs. But you know, we'll get into that. Sure, but you know, as we are normally want to do, what are the latest Star Wars news? There's what a war in the stars. Star wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple things that are that hit the radar that I find interesting that other listeners might enjoy, but uh, according to a German Disney site, apparently there was a small leak for Star Wars Resistance, mm. and they actually had listed that it would premiere in Germany on the 13th of October and had 22 episodes to the season. What? So, yeah, that could be pretty cool if it pans out to be true. I mean, is it only going to be in German, so we're going to pirate I'm, it? <laughs> I'm sure it will probably not just be in German language. What is it with the EU? Italy gets stuff first. Now the Germans are getting... What? What is this? <laughs> wow. why, why can't we do this? Like, come on. It, this is about tariffs, isn't it? Tariffs? Yes. <laughs> is that what you said? Yes. Space tariffs? Yes, space okay. tariffs. Yes. That can only mean one thing. Invasion. Never mind. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so, uh, but I'm very hopeful for that. Uh, we also know that uh, Greg Grunberg. Yeah, he's you a... You know uh, who's that? Who that is? Snap JJ. Wexley. Snap Wexley. That's yes, right. Sir. Where was he in the most recent episode eight? He was unsnapped? I don't he, know. I don't know, but he wasn't there. Did, but, he, not, uh, did he not die? Uh, no. He, no, he didn't. He very clearly escaped Starkiller Base and is a prominent character in the... Uh, aftermath series of books but he was conspicuously at least to me absent because i was kind of a greg grunberg fan from uh back when he was on uh heroes oh that's right he was he was he was matt 
Possibly. I don't know. I think so. I mean, he's been... Watch a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. J.J. Abrams has just basically been carting his career around in his back pocket. Right, right. But good news, Snap fans. He is uh, all but confirmed to be in Episode 9, apparently. In Episode 8, he was flying a really long recon mission. I mean, hopefully. Because he's the recon pilot, right? I think we know all 12 people now that they're (laughs) left in the Resistance. I was going to say that the Resistance definitely needs reinforcements. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's one of the guys that didn't answer Leia's personal codes to come and (laughs) (laughs) save them. But uh, uh, also, we know a little bit more about the uh, Clone Wars uh, revival, I guess. I don't want to say reboot because it's going to be continuing the story. But it will be uh, exclusively, apparently, on the Disney streaming service. Okay. Shocking absolutely no one. Yeah, I was so, going to say, they, yeah. need to, they need to pad the, uh, <laughs> the content for that in order to get viewers. So. And, and about five minutes after that, it will be exclusively on Pirate Bay, and that's where I will watch it from. There you go. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, actually, John stumbled across a story that hadn't crossed my desk yet. But uh, Well... I was digging more into the, the Lando Calrissian announcement because, right. I mean, that, that got me excited. So excited. I was trying to figure what out, okay, where is Lando going to fall into this? And I you know, started seeing some fan theories about what his role would be. And then it would say, well, you know, since Lucasfilm announced that Princess Leia wouldn't be in the new film. So I did a little bit more digging not on that. Not digitally, not replaced no, by so another actress, just completely absent from episode nine. It said that Princess Leia will be absent from episode nine huh. and that they will not be reprising her role with CGI or anything like that. So Until a tasteful amount of time has passed. And then... Yeah, and that, I mean, that's yet to be determined. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so we're not going to see any of the, the, the Rogue One, which, I, to be honest with you, I'm actually happy about that it's what, tough. what about rogue one in rogue one when they had Princess leia they digitally oh, yeah, recreated yeah, yeah. her uh-huh, uh-huh. the younger version of it sure. I, mean, I understand in that context when they use it but uh, she's you know let some time go by i guess i don't know it's, oh, well, it's apparently that's what they're doing I, so. I didn't have a problem with the use of the cg a no. lot of people do no uh, but I, I didn't i don't have a problem at all with them you know guy henry being tarkin and what they did to recreate tarkin throughout the entirety of the movie i thought it worked I thought, yeah. I thought Tarkin looked more realistic. There was something about Leia's scene where it just it didn't fit. It's too smooth. It was too plastic. Yeah. But she was young, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. And some of that is a, a kind of a side effect of how you had to do lighting in the late 70s with, you know, you had to pancake makeup on people. And if you look <laughs> at her, I'm serious, because the lighting technology and the film technology just wasn't what it is today. It was so overall a very look bright at her movie. face yeah. throughout the entirety of... You know, episode four, she has a very smooth appearance to her. Almost like she's been Instagram filtered, right? Oh, so okay. I, I think they did a good job recreating that 1977 look. And that explains the, the dog ears the issue. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And the sparkles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, think, I think it worked. I, I, you know, either, either of the, the, the CG appearances in Rogue One, I don't have a problem with either of them. I think they worked. Cool. No, I enjoyed them, and I would love to see, because the technology is only going to get better. So, sure. So uh, I, I encourage that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to, hey, continue to tell stories with our characters that we love. Sure. I, I just hope they, they find a, Tarkin. a good way to, <laughs> I guess, to send her out. You know, I, yeah. I feel like she's been too pivotal of a character, both in the original trilogy and in, in this one. It would one. be very bizarre to just have her just drop off the face of the galaxy, but yeah. we'll see what they do. Don't let us down, Abrams. You're our only hope. <laughs> well, that's enough about the uh, the movies. Let's take a little bit, uh, take a look at the game that we're actually playing. You here. know the important stuff. Yeah, you know the, the Legion part of the Star Wars Legion <laughs> podcast. 
So, Josh, we've got a tournament coming up that's causing a little bit of controversy with some of the rules. What's going on there? I mean, it's a small local one, right? Yeah, a small local one. Nothing, yeah. nothing that major. You know, it, it's only the largest tabletop wargaming convention in the United States. So it's no, it? no big deal. Yeah, it is, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and this all got resolved rather quickly. Um, and But I think there's a couple of things that are kind of instructive for how I think the game needs to kind of go forward and, and some things to maybe tighten up with uh, the, the tournament rules. Which Okay, which tournament is this? Nova Open. Okay. So what happened... In case you weren't following along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and of course... <laughs> well, we posted about it yesterday on our, on our Facebook page, and there was a, a discussion there. Um, civil discussion, of course. Yeah, very civil. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. because everyone knows that Northern Virginia never inspires conflict of any kind. <laughs> None at all, ever, ever. So, so basically, what happened is, um, you know, we we were kind of looking on the on the on the interwebs and other Facebook pages, and, and on the Nova Legion group, somebody posted an excerpt from the rules document that the Nova Open was going to use to guide their Legion maximum firepower qualifiers, which are the events that lead feed directly into worlds. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's not like this is even even at, at a big event you know there's consequences here right this mm-hmm. is this is a big deal kind of tournament where you know you win this and you're punching your tickets to worlds essentially yeah. um so what inside this document said that they they said that you know bases must be the same general size and shape as the ffg bases if you have a custom base mm-hmm. which is consistent with what the ffg tournament almost rules word say. for word yeah it just says you know it has to be same general size and shape and then they they added on to there that the bases must be and they didn't differentiate between height width you know how high how wide mm-hmm. it just blanket said must be within five millimeters of the ffg bases Mind blown, right? <laughs> I mean, five millimeters, that's 18% of the, the, the base size that we have already. Um, so a lot of folks were posting online that this is nuts. This is crazy, you know, because there's, if you are playing with base sizes that big, it means you can also make a base 24 millimeters as well, right? If sure. you're talking just basic infantry standard small bases. Um, you know, there's a lot of jank that can go on if you have half a squad with 32 and half a squad with 24. You know, there's a lot of jank that can go on sure. where if you're used to it, you can, you know, if, if you're practiced with it, you can go and, and, you know, hey, here's my rush the objective. I'm going to be able to get there a lot quicker than you are because my base is 18% bigger than yours. Um, and when you're moving, you're, you're in fact doubling that effect. Basically, yes. Yeah. So that becomes a ten yeah. millimeter difference. Right. One of the and guys was pointing out. So it's especially exacerbated for Legion because you're doing the the whole front to back movement instead of the front to front, like in 40k, where a slightly larger base size doesn't make that big of a difference. So that five millimeter tolerance becomes that bigger of an issue. I mean, and you do you do a double move with a stormtrooper unit on 32 minute 32 millimeter bases you're almost a full inch farther up the board than your opponent, right? Yeah. So, so there's a clear competitive advantage there. Um, and, and this is not in any way to, to kind of uh, drag this individual who, who made the rules or oh, the no, open yeah. folks. You know, they're doing the best that they can. They, I with, think it was just a starting point because right. he came back later. I don't know if it was necessarily yeah. a starting point. But, well, you know, they're, they're doing the best they can with a very vague document. Mm-hmm. Right, because in the document it says all final decisions are made by the TO. Yeah. So the TO, to to their credit, came back and said, 
oh wow, I didn't really realize that five millimeters was that big a deal. And then took feedback from the community to ask, okay, what's what's good? Yeah, um, yeah. you know, and everybody kind of and, and I haven't had a chance to go and look and see what the final resolution of this was. I haven't seen their updated document or anything. But I I like in the first post that they said that they would have judges equipped with calipers calipers, if it was kind of... And I think you're going to be able to spot pretty quickly if somebody's abusing it for the benefit. Sure. Um, So so kudos to them for for kind of putting the squash on this relatively quickly. Where I think the problem lies is there's a happy ending to this this particular outcome, this particular instance, right? Um, But if you've got a TO that says, hey, this is well within my power. This is the hill I'm going to die on. You can have up to five millimeters difference in bases. What does that do to a tournament that is, no kidding, a premier level event? (laughs) I think it kills the tournament. It kills the tournament, (laughs) right. You know, and and some folks were feeding back that, oh, you know, it's just plastic toys. What? Who cares? Big deal. You know, there's a difference here. You know, there's a difference between playing flag football through your city and the Super Bowl. Right, the ref doesn't sit there at midfield of the Super Bowl and go, "He went ten-ish yards, first down." <laughs> right? I mean, no, you bring out the loose right. leaf sheet of paper and yeah, you yeah, put yeah, that yeah, between yeah. the marker and the yeah, football. Right. <laughs> right, but you know, but that's what you're getting into with 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 this kind of a ruling. So, well, I, I'd, I'd still want to see if this is even going to be an issue. I'd be really curious to see because uh, Nova's going to be one of the first big ones for this game. Are Gen we be able to, before it, but you know, okay. So Gen Con, right after we, we might have. Right. Are we going to see instances of people trying to push this, or is this going to be kind of a moot thing because most people are using the actual bases or bases that are close enough to be nearly exact, anyways? So I, here's here's kind of my theory on this. Like, uh-huh. I, I understand where the TOs are coming from with this because FFG is not selling bases for this game. Well, they're going to be. They're going actually. to be, but at the yeah. moment, they're not. So, right. but there's bases that come with it, and you there get are. enough bases for and, everything. And you, you can hit what them right? People lose yeah. stuff, whatever. Yeah. But the point is, thirty millimeters is not a common base size you're going to normally find. So, a lot of people who go to these game stores to buy bases are going to find GW products who sell thirty-two millimeters and twenty-five millimeters, which is exactly five millimeters difference. So, I'm guessing they're probably uh, trying gotcha. to be lenient to people who are using whatever bases they have available. My suggestion would be make everything what comes with the box. Yes. I, I'm sorry. Absolutely. If you want to if you want a model for a hobby, awesome, do it. Get your clear acrylic bases. Get, you Just know Just make sure they're that right size. No, I'm saying if you want to mm. do this for hobby, cool, mm. then do that. Oh, Buy okay. custom ones. But if okay. you're playing this competitively, use the FFG bases or you're not playing. Yeah. I think they, they just need to make a hard line in the sand Absolutely. On this. Yeah. And 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 you know and we've talked about it, you know, custom bases that are flat-sided, 90 degrees, versus the bevel, the, the bevel that yeah. comes with the FFG ones. You know, because there's also that line in there, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this one because we've talked about this uh, <laughs> en- enough. Yeah. Um, but you know, the rules say it's got to work with the template, but doesn't then sit there and say what is working with the template. Like, does it have to touch the entire template from top to bottom? Or does it just have to fit the curve, right? Yeah, so, it, 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 do you it, make contracts for a living? Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. there's a lot more money in contracting than yeah. what I do. For a living, that's for sure. Um, but it, this is, and I understand, and, we, and and Alex and Luke talked about it last week, and I 100% on board that they want to have a game that's very accessible mm-hmm. to everybody, a hobby game that is accessible to you. 
John, who have been playing tabletop hobby war games your entire life, and you paint huge units in two days, right? Yeah. You know, nothing new to you. You're, you're, and me, who's never played a hobby game before in their life, and it takes me two months to paint a unit of stormtroopers because <laughs> I just don't want to be bothered with it. Um, so I get that. And, and, and major tournaments are intimidating enough, sure. right? You, you walk, I mean, I walked into my first premiere event for X-Wing, and my eyes were like saucers. Right, just because. Oh my God, look at all those tables. Oh my God, look at that guy. Oh my God, look at what he brought. Oh my God, it's Paul Heaver. Holy hell! Right, and you forgot to put on your pants. Yeah, and I forgot to put my pants on. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> pointed um, and laughed. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still made the cut. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I get that. I'm sympathetic to them not wanting to come down and say, "Okay, this is a casual game. This is an accessible game. We're not going to be overly restrictive on tournament rules." But again, premier events. Something that feeds into worlds, you gotta, you gotta, you wow. have to. Yeah. There, yeah. there can't, there has to be an equal playing field for all players. Uh, the game is hard enough, right? The, the, the setups that you're going to deal with, with the variance between cards, who brings what for cards, the kind of tables you're going to play on, da 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 da, da, da is hard enough. Not without knowing if the guy coming across the table. Uh, sitting across the table from me is going to have a baked-in competitive advantage because they brought bigger bases than me, and they're more familiar on how to play with their big bases than I am playing against bigger bases than mine. So this is definitely something I think that FFG needs to... Yeah, it's nice. Okay, nice try. It ain't going to work because eventually somebody will abuse it. Okay. Well, again, so this is all just conjecture right now. None of this has happened. Uh, I'd be curious to see if anything does come out of this. It's not a problem yet, and hopefully it won't be. Hopefully people will just... But we know there, there are some people out there. I have but, no uh, faith that it won't be a problem. Hmm. Because I've seen too much with X-Wing where guys have legitimately been on stream in major tournaments and picked up their dials and changed it. <laughs> like, like, I know 40K what? is going through quite wow. a, yeah, a exactly. right yeah. now, too. You know, so. there, there, have, there have been guys on stream at major competitive events yeah. that have tried to do sleight of hand to slide their template back while they're moving the ship from front to back so they don't end up bumping somebody so they retain their action so they can, you know, have that range one shot fully modified. I'm sure right? 5,000 people on the internet will... Oh, you, you say, know, when something right, 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 right. like that happens, do, do people report it on Twitch? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. There have been rules changes that X-Wing have come out with in their facts based off of things that have been caught on streams. Okay. Right. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there was a, uh, I, I think it was either, I think it was the Canadian Nationals last year. Two people were playing each other. A player missed an opportunity, and somebody called them and said, "Hey, dude, you missed it." <laughs> like missed. Like, you missed. You, you, you forgot to do this, but because the way the tournament rules are, 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 are the outside interference of the tournament, in the X-wing tournament rules is no outside interference from people at the tournament. Well, this player, this person was watching on stream <laughs> oh. and called and said, <laughs> oh, right? But but they ended up changing, and it didn't impact the game, okay. but they ended up changing the rules for that based off of something that happened on a stream. So, and, and I may be misremembering a, a detail here or there on that, but that's the gist of it, is that somebody took a phone call during the middle of a match that they're like, hey, you missed something, <laughs> and they had to change the rules based off Damn. of that. 
I get an idea for a new command card. The phone, the phone a friend. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I have absolutely no faith that people won't abuse it because, okay. yeah, okay, perspective. You're playing with little plastic stormtroopers. Great, they're toys. But people are competitive and people want to win. Prove him wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, prove me wrong. Yeah, I'm sitting here with my cup of coffee at the, at the <laughs> yeah, folding table. Change my mind. Yeah, change my mind. <laughs> people will cheat to win this game. Change my uh, mind. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, it, you know, I guess it, it shows the difference between a hobby gamer and a tournament gamer because I don't mm. have that mindset, so normally I wouldn't care if somebody was using a different okay, base. But, but I'm not looking to cheat, so I guess... Yeah, I think that's more of a moral versus amoral yeah. player. More but at than the same time, versus... I mean, if you're if you're rolling, you, you don't roll into the maximum qualifier, maximum firepower qualifier at Nova Open f- just for funsies, just uh, by mistake, right? You know what you're getting into there. You know it's going to be a competitive. <laughs> oh, what's this going on you here? Know, yeah, I... yeah, yeah. Oh, wow! I happen to bring some toys too to play with. Yeah, you don't do that. I mean, you show up there knowing that it's going to be a dogfight and people are going to be over there trying to wreck face. So And hopefully have a good time doing it. And hopefully have a good time doing it. You know, I do. I do. I have a lot more fun at those kind of tournaments when I win and make the cut. But, you know, and there's not really do a you cut get, here. Do but. you be a grumpy guess when you lose? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, <laughs> I've had bad days at big tournaments and gone home not happy. And, you know... Uh, not like kick It'll... my dog, not happy, but you know, where it's cause like, it's a cat or a parakeet. But you sit there, hey, yeah, the cat's you watch fine. it. Um, but you know, you sit there and you go over decisions you could have made differently, dice roll, you know, you know, where the, the, the dice variant screwed you, stuff like that. Um, I had that one, but I blanked out on you know, that Z6 roll. You oh, know, dice. That kind of stuff. The, yeah, uh, oh, dice. The, the luxury blame of the right? incompetent general. <laughs> right? It's like, ah. It was is, just the dice, man. Is the dice bad beat story as bad as, like, yeah. a poker bad it beat is. story? It <laughs> is, man. I, I had, I, going way off on a tangent here, but playing an X-Wing regional here where I would have range one shots, you know, with, uh, with a focus, which means you can't re-roll your dice, right? Yeah. So four, attack, four red dice, blanks. Can't use that focus. Should have taken a target lock. Two turns later, take a target lock because my focus token just screwed me. <laughs> Target lock, all eyeballs. Where I could have spent a focus token, see, and then and then I roll the target you lock. You broke with the odds, and I man. Can't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know. So yes, dice variance is a thing. And, you know? and just to prove my point, the entire time was he was talking. Like I could see his lips moving. Yeah. But I just I, it went in one one ear and out the other. Like I realized that like anytime I tell bad beat stories about dice, I just I don't think anybody cares. No, no, I know. I don't even care, but you know what? We got a show to fill. So. I know. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, guys. Coming up, we're going to take a look at those three elusive new cards that uh, we've, you know, been neglecting to talk about. Yeah, they're not that elusive. Everybody but us has them. I know, exactly. Yeah, so we got them now. <laughs> they've, they've eluded our grasp until this week. So we're going to get into those, and we'll take a deep dive into those upcoming rules. Tune in every Wednesday to Radio Free Tatooine, a Star Wars podcast that's better than some and worse than others. Take a trip to a water cooler far, far away as we bring some casual, fun conversation into the Star Wars podcasting community. Hosted by me, Sean, my sister Amy, and John. Radio Free Tatooine. We may not know what we're talking about, but we sure know how to record it. For more, visit RadioFreeTatooine.com, a proud member of the Radio Free Tatooine Podcast Network. You're listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tatooine Network, recorded on location at Power 9 Games. 
Whether you're looking for the latest releases from Legion, X-Wing, 40K, Magic, or any of our other extensive inventory of board and card games, head to Power9Games.com and use coupon code OUTRIDER10 to get 10% off your order. Plus, shipping is free on orders over $100. Now, back to the Outriders. Welcome back, Outriders. John, Josh, and Matt coming at you from Las Vegas. And we're uh, talking about some of the new Priority Supplies cards that were uh, found in the new package. And based on when we got them on the show, they're low-priority objectives, <laughs> I think. They're not a priority at yeah. all. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, they're actually really cool, and I'm very excited that we'll see more like this stuff in the future. Yeah, because they're they change the way the game plays. Yeah, and I feel like with you know a limited number of army lists that we're seeing, I think the the best way to change the variables in the game so far have been you know the different scenarios and different objectives that we've seen. So before we get too much into our you know particular strategies with them, let's go over what they are. Uh, the first one we've got is the minefield. So minefield is basically starting with the blue player. Players alternate placing condition tokens on the battlefield until four tokens have been placed. Each token must be placed beyond range one of each deployment zone and beyond range two of any condition, any other condition token. After a non-repulsor unit performs a move, if it is at range one and in line of sight of a condition token, roll a red defense die. On a block result, the condition token detonates, and on a surge result, it detonates twice before being removed. Hilarious. And when they go off, it gets one red dice and one black dice with blast and impact one, and it surges for a crit. Against every unit within the radius. Exactly. So, like, if you moved in and didn't detonate it, and you couldn't move out, and somebody else moves in and detonates <laughs> it, both units eat it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, Wacky it, can, fun. It, can, it can do some damage. Yeah. Um, now, you put four of them out there. So, depending on what scenario you're playing... You know, where you place these can have a huge impact. Obviously, you want to be strategic about where you put them. Maybe don't put your own in your own deployment zone. <laughs> yeah, probably don't or do that. Or put them behind you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, we'll talk about our, our, uh, our pass with that in a second. We'll go over the other cards first. But uh, that one's a very interesting scenario. So that's a, the battlefield condition. That's the battlefield condition, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Or the green card, for those of you guys who are just better with colors. Yeah. <laughs> I like to color. <laughs> So the uh, Sabotage the Moisture Evaporators. Now, this is, you know, why they came with Moisture Evaporators. Mm. (laughs) Uh, The setup. So starting with the blue player, players alternate placing objective tokens on the battlefield until four tokens have been placed. Each token must be placed beyond range one of each deployment zone and beyond range two of any other objective token. Place two wound tokens on each objective token, and each objective token cannot have more than four wound tokens on it. So this sounds kind of complicated. I'll explain in a second. Every trooper unit for both armies gain the sabotage slash repair ability. That means that if you're in base contact with one of those objective tokens, you either remove one token or you add one to it, depending on if you're trying to sabotage or trying to repair it. So the victory condition then becomes, at the end of the game, the blue player gains one victory token for each wound token over two on each objective token, and the red player gains two victory tokens for each objective token with fewer than two wound tokens on it. Minus one for each wound token on the objective tokens. Sounds complicated. Here's the layman term version of it. One's trying to fix them, one's trying to blow them Exactly. Blue player, you're trying to blow it up. And red player, you're trying to repair them. Those are our evaporators. That were my family's evaporators before me, (laughs) and I'll be damned 
if you rebels or Imperials come here messing with my evaporators. So, yeah, I mean, unless your family's Bear grills and you can just drink your own pee. I mean, it, you could do that. Or, or elephant poops. It's really Panther poops. <laughs> yeah, Panther poops. <laughs> or Ewok coffee. Ah, rich. But, yeah, it's a complicated way of basically saying, all right, one person has to repair, one person tries to sabotage. The one thing that, that got me the first time I played it was the, the last line of the setup, which is each objective token cannot have more than four wound tokens on it. How high did they get? Oh, I got to like eight or nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't really read that part very well, and I, I just had one unit on there. It's just like, I'm going to break this thing good. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't you like the dis- fact, you, I understand why they do it, but I don't like the fact that you can't do range damage to it. Like... Like okay, you can't you can't like go pew pew Jesus beams and heal heal it from far away. <laughs> but I've got a way to sabotage that moisture evaporator. It's called an ATSD, <laughs> blowing the hell out of it. Eh. No, you're sabotage, so you don't want it to look like they've been destroyed. Eh. There you go. They're trying to sabotage them. So I'm really I'm really upset. I can't force choke a moisture evaporator. <laughs> <laughs> you could try. You could try. Um, but yeah, so that's a really fun scenario. Um, I think that one adds a lot to it. Like, you have to, you know, essentially leave a troop unit out in kind of in the middle of nowhere, you know, wherever this, this Ish, objective token right? is, yeah. and, you know, leave them open to fire while they're sitting there spending an action because the sabotage and repair ability requires one of your actions, and you can only do it once per turn. So one of those actions is going to be spent. And it's got to be troopers. You can't have your Troop ATRT. Up. Yeah, exactly. Lean over out of the cockpit. Like, <laughs> it's tiny I, little I got arms. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or balancing up on one foot trying yeah. to adjust it. I can't uh, have my ATST come up and kick it. <laughs> well, I mean, sabotage. Sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have no sense of nuance, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Meh. Subtle as a brick to the face. It's yeah, another visit with Josh. That's the if amount of subtle. <laughs> if it's a smoking ruin, it is sabotage. Let's let's be fair here. And now we know why yeah. Uncle Owen and Biru ended up the way that they yeah. did. Oh, yeah, yeah, they just sab- sabotaged the moisture farmer. <laughs> sabotage it with fire. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the last card that came with the, uh, the priority supplies pack was the advanced positions. And this one wasn't overly complicated. It's basically... I like this one a lot, though. Yeah, it's it's basically two. It's the L seven shape, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for lack of a better term, yeah. um, for your uh, your your deployment zone. Uh, although it does add one condition to it, and that allows you to give each of your trooper units scout one, including those that are usually otherwise immobile. Yes, which so is actually really key. E-webs yeah. and the. Uh, the, well, the, um, whatever, the, the, the 1.4D yeah, laser yeah. satellite. Yeah. yeah, the satellite of love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that allows you to move it up. Uh, Is that Mike and Joel one. that are on the base? Of the, uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I now have, you know, since we're, we're talking about, you know, satellite dishes, it's Cox Cable. What? Now I just, it's Cox Cable. That's why, that's where I'm going to get my inspiration to blow those things up. It's direct TV. <laughs> I say, yeah, you know, I say Cox. like Dish TV Matt. or Direct TV, maybe. There you but, go. Uh, there okay. You go. <laughs> and full disclosure, we're not sponsored by either of those companies. Uh, yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so advanced positions, it gives you Scout 1. So if you already have Scout 1, like some of the units that we see coming up pretty soon, the Scout Troopers and the Rebel Commandos, Is Scout it will two? become Scout 2. Scout and two. there's also one of the spoiled cards from the, I believe it is the uh, Royal Guards, that also gives you Scout 1. So you sure. could potentially have Scout 3. So this is going to give you a lot That's of That's an options. advanced position. 
That's a very advanced position. <laughs> no, uh, you're, you're trucking yourself. Okay, we're down the board, guys. Yeah, what yeah, are we yeah, doing? Yeah. Uh, you're not being supported. <laughs> don't, worry. don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. The T-47 is very happy to see you up there, folks. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Matt, hey, usually it's just me. A <laughs> <laughs> <My> friend. <laughs> so, Matt, you had a chance to play with a couple of these, right? Which ones Yeah, did you yeah. Uh, I did everything except I haven't played the moisture evaporators one, which sounds like a lot of fun, but I've been trying to integrate them organically in the game but yeah as, as i was saying i really like the advanced positions because the extra move at the beginning just allows you to have a little bit more interesting setup uh with your opponent and reacting to where they actually place things out if they outdrop you which always happens when i play <laughs> but uh i like that one a lot and then the uh where is it the minefield oh man i want to play so many games with the minefield the minefield uh, is really cool uh and i could absolutely see a case you were saying oh don't put it in your own deployment zone it's like well, I want to, you know, protect my laser cannon or e-web team with from those uh, melee units running up the board. So I'm going to put sure. some mines down front, maybe discourage them a little bit. That's make not him, a bad idea. Make yeah. them go the long way around. But, or uh, if you're playing the breakthrough and you want to oh, keep yeah, them from getting near yeah. end zone, you know, throw a mine in front so of it. So there's some interesting tactical flexibility or options for, for playing with minefield. And I think it's a lot of fun, especially when you're going to be playing, hopefully, Imperial Scouts or whatever, laying extra mines out there. I wonder if it's going to be... Do we know what the, the mines rule is for those guys yet? Haven't seen any of it. Yeah. yeah. So it could be similar. Uh, I know I intentionally, uh, I was playing Rebels with the uh, minefield scenario, and I had my naked ATRTs that I was just going to run them into the uh, mine patch and detonate them for the rest of my troops to move up. And uh, I'll be danged if they didn't set it off like two turns in a row, just like trying to go out there and river dance with the ATRT and just wouldn't trigger the mine. So, oh, really? Yeah, I ended up having to keep my guys back behind cover so they wouldn't get detonated on. So your strategy was to use the ATRTs to try to detonate them? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, avoid them where possible. There was one or two that I needed to get past to go and claim objectives. I think we we're doing breakthrough for that one. But uh, So I was going to have to move past him, and he put him in really good areas, and it was <laughs> it definitely uh, threw a hitch in my giddy-up trying to get down the field. <laughs> so I actually had a chance to play with all three of them. Um, Brian and I, one of the, the local guys here, yeah. he and I played uh, a game with all three of the cards just right off the bat. We're like, hey, let's, let's try all these let's out. Let's do them all, yeah. Yeah, and they, they're they fun. All three of them I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah, uh, they're very good. Having the, the minefield and the moisture evaporators together was really <laughs> interesting because you got a lot of objective tokens out there. A lot there. of points of interest out on that board. Um, but we, you know, we, we both kind of played it a little differently. I tried to avoid them, and we were both playing Rebels. And he had an interesting tactic, and I think as a Rebel player, this might be the best oh, yeah, way to yeah, handle yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So he had Leia throw... Dodge, Dodge tokens, tokens yep. on one of the Rebel Trooper units, and he just took that suicided. squad and yep. suicided it. Yep. And the first, you know, first one goes off, and you know, I rolled both dice. I think I only rolled one hit, mm-hmm. and he's got that Dodge token. Yep. So he right spends back. it, and he gets it right back, yep. and then he takes his second move action. Moves right into, into the other one. one yep. And it. same thing. And he, <laughs> he ended up losing one guy on that one. Oh, no. But, hey, I mean. It's brilliant. Yeah, you, it's you great. Took you, away you that, a, you know. You got a kamikaze squad. No, right? I, I imagine a troop of acrobats, you know, somersaulting across the field, just doing backflips over explosions of dirt and, and crap going everywhere. <laughs> just make sure but, you uh, paint them like uh, Warhammer Harlequins. <laughs> uh, take far too long. Yeah, I was gonna say you, yeah. <laughs> you see how long your your paint scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, no. When I said you, John, I meant you. I mean, okay? yeah, oh, yeah. God. I didn't mean. I, I'm not talking about the royal you, like all of us. <laughs> I mean you. 
Mr. Man. You, you didn't say you, Scott. Hey, honestly, you're closer with all the purples and pinks and blacks that you have in that there. That is true. Yeah, there are a few you're, more check marks. You're halfway Harlequin as it is. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a really good strategy, and it worked out well for him. You know, he was able to, to steer clear of those. And I, I think at, at some levels, it's more of a psychological deterrent than anything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, more than actually losing the one or two guys. But uh, did you see anybody roll the, the double? The explosion. double explosion? Yeah. No, thankfully I didn't roll that, and he and he didn't either. So right on. Uh, that that would have you know definitely been worse. Or if you would have you know moved a unit, had it not detonated, and then have the second <laughs> unit set off the double explosion, that Oops. that would have been my luck. But no, thankfully we didn't uh, we didn't experience that. Um, Trooper and then... Farva comes to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> Leader of space cola. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the sabotage the moisture evaporator scenario was really cool, though. Like you said you, you didn't get a chance to play this. No, one, I haven't right? played that one yet. I'll, okay. I definitely want to give it a go, though. Yeah, that was Sounds one fun. that you, you definitely want to read the full card. Like I said, because it's I more had... trooper actions, and I'm usually not playing trooper heavy. I love I love my vehicles, so okay. Well, that, that could be. A, a, I might actually try to avoid that one if at all possible. I try to avoid any of the objectives that require troopers to. You know, of course, if you can, on. you can blast them off the table, they won't have troopers left to sabotage. There, I mean, too, and that's so. that's basically my plan A, anyway. <laughs> so, It'd be a lot better if you could blast the sabot, blast the uh, <laughs> evaporators off the board, huh? 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 What okay. if you, uh, what if you surrounded them with barricades? Barricada. Oh God. <laughs> I couldn't go one episode. No, absolutely not. What Josh the, would be a what mobster, is the point? though. Yeah. Oh. What is the point of an inside joke if you're not going to use it? All Sometimes. the time. You, you can't beat the you can't beat the uh, the dead joke. The uh, <laughs> enough. Horse to the death. dead tauntaun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, it's either that or I get really angry about things. Oh, so, uh, you know. okay. You got two switches. Like okay. this That's thing fine. that I'm holding okay. up right Bad here. Bad jokes. <laughs> what the companion cube? Yeah, yeah, the companion cube. Okay. <laughs> I love the companion cube. Here's the one thing that annoys me oh, about geez. this. Yeah, and I just went a little. It's a Paul. box. I what could a box do to piss you off? The fact Please, that it's, Josh, tell me. The fact that it's—I get it's a hobby game. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. Do I really need to spend my time gluing a lid on a box? You can't just print a box. Come on, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but you, it's literally two pieces you stick is, together. But it should only be one. What if you got the box Why? and it was glued What's together? In the box? You, you won't know what's in the box. Yeah. It's Schrodinger supplies, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all is the it, dead boss heads. Is there yeah. not an Ewok head in this box? Yeah. We'll why in the know. hell do I have to waste my time we'll... gluing a lid on a box? Better yet, why Come do you on, care? Man. Come on. <laughs> what I, if there's enough to do with this game already to put stuff together. Hey, Fantasy I, Flight, I, great I expansion. I really love Priority Injectors. <laughs> I'm looking forward to what else you come out with. In, I understand in having to glue together the moisture. So we got evaporator. some rules to talk about, right? <laughs> Now, that for a second. Now, to contrast that, there's some people doing some really cool things out there with this, with, with oh, these yeah. boxes. You know, like, like you just mentioned, we had a, we had a player locally, uh, Dan Daniel, Roberts, yep. painted his supply box as a companion cube a from, companion from Portal, cube. which yep. is awesome. Um, I've seen somebody out there go and take two of the cubes, put them together, paint them gold, and then green stuffed an Ark of the Covenant from Raiders of the Lost Ark together. Right? That'd, that'd be That's cool. brilliant. Yeah. You know, and then put it on a stand. It was awesome, right? So, you know, hooray for the ingenuity of the community coming together to make awesome things. But, man. I think Daniel is also going to do a slice of cake for one of the events. That would be too. great. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, I, I had a, a good idea for any of you guys out there who are, are, you know, big into kit bashing and, you know, coming up with creative things. Anybody who can make a cool-looking jack-in-the-box using the, one of the supply boxes <laughs> with the lid off with Count Dooku's head and hands sticking out <laughs> in, in, on the jack-in-the-box, if you can do that and make it Monstrous. look convincing, I will send you a prize. Uh, do it. Because <laughs> I think that would be... <laughs> That would be the coolest jack-in-the-box. And that would be the only thing that I would accept as an acceptable reason as to why that box comes in two damn pieces. Because you know there's somebody out there, if they'd have done it in one piece, that went... You could have had the lid slightly askew, like there's like a golden light coming up from inside or something. Is that Marcellus Wallace? (laughs) If you do the Christopher Lee jack-in-the-box, though, it's got to play something off of his death metal album that he did. Oh, oh, God. (laughs) Do it. Oh god, that that honestly, if somebody ever out there does that and creates something that was like it, it's a it's a good kit bash, I will send you something. <laughs> All right, let's get into the rules update here. So we got is a, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we got the rule update one point one point zero from uh, FFG a couple weeks ago, and. Thankfully, our good friend Nick Freeman did a, a pretty good deep dive on it recently. So if you aren't really into reading the entirety of it... Um, Impact X. Yeah, check out his Impact X blog because he I'll, did a... I'll post... I'll, I'll he did a nice Cliff Notes on, on version. The, uh, I'll put up the link to it on the Facebook yeah. page tomorrow. Yeah. So I know a lot of what they did was kind of um, in preparation for some of the new rules we're going to see featured on the Scout yeah. Troopers, the, you know, the Boba Operatives, Fett model. Operatives, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, so there's been a lot of rules. And as we heard yet, or last week from Alex and Luke, um, there's a lot of rules that haven't even been seen yet. So that's kind of why we haven't been able to get like a, you know, a full rule book on things because you know the game's still developing. Yeah. So we're going to start seeing updates like this. But what are some of the things, that the clarifications that we've seen so far? Or, you know, what, are, what are some of the, the big takeaways from, from this update? So me and Josh were actually talking about this before the show. The, the whole volumetric approach to like the vehicles now is a big change yeah. from... Um... For, for the sake of like, cover and things like that? Yeah, cover, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's, essentially, all of your vehicles are now treated, or all of your ground vehicles, I should say, are, are now essentially treated as mobile um, uh, uh, area terrain. Okay. So... In ATRT before, you know, you did line of sight, and it's like, oh, I can see that trooper through their legs. No cover, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, that's kind of how it worked. Um, now, the entire cylinder of the base going up to the maximum height of the model is considered area terrain. Okay. So, even if you have a clear line of sight and there's nothing intervening physically mm-hmm. between your point of view and an enemy unit... If the line of sight is drawn through that cylinder, it's light terrain. Okay, so that's pretty much how I was playing it, anyways. But still, yeah. it's nice but, to but have some all people this. Weren't. Yeah, oh, you know, some uh, people were, were yeah, doing direct sure. line of sight because it's sure. a direct line of sight game. Um, Except it, when it isn't. Well, right yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. No, but that's, that's great to have clarification on that. So, um, for anybody who's played in Infinity, I guess it kind of works like that, where each unit has just a, a silhouette that's based on. Yeah, Infinity does that. Uh, War Machine does that as well. And it, uh, it's ground vehicles only, so it's not. Yeah. you know, anything. Repulsors that don't. Yeah, repulsors they're, they're don't flying over. Um, what are you doing? They're playing Quidditch up there. Who cares? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the you know a lot of the stuff that's in there. Uh, that they cleaned up was just a lot of the stuff that we, we I, I kind of we talked about you know hey oops we missed that stuff 
mm-hmm. or stuff that was intended to have been clarified and it just didn't make the, the initial rules update. Uh, that kind of stuff. So you know, nothing really major. Um, but what what I am I do like is a lot of the new keywords that have been added. Mm-hmm. You know, oh boy, give me some of that uh, high velocity, please. You know, Which as an, I think as we an imperial player for the the yeah. sniper rifles, on right? The scout guys. as an as an imperial player, and the the idea with high velocity is if you have a weapon with high velocity on it, it makes it so that the unit you're shooting at can't spend dodge tokens. Which, you know, with as beefy as Rebel units have gotten with Leia handing out free dodge tokens. Sure. You know, having a weapon with high velocity that probably also has sharpshooter is really going to be something that's going to really hit the Rebels a lot harder than it's going to hit the Imperials. And it's a thematic rule. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. It makes yeah, you can't sense. You can't look at it. You can't dodge a sniper bullet, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, I think that's going to add a lot to the game. Um I think uh, detonate's another big one. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, uh, which what does detonate do? So when a charge or condition token detonates, either through an ability or some other game effect, I would assume setting those charges with the uh, mm-hmm. imperial guys. Yep. Uh, perform a separate attack against each unit, regardless of which player owns the unit, that the token has line of sight to using the area weapon surge conversion chart and weapon keywords on the card associated with the token that is being detonated. After a charge or condition token detonates, remove the token from the battlefield. So yellow range icon 1234 range indicates the weapon is an area weapon. When a charge or condition token detonates, use the area weapon on the card associated with that token. Yeah. And next, we're sorry we've got next to read bullet. all yeah, of this. Yeah. You know, yeah. When using an area weapon, perform a separate attack against each unit that is in line of sight and the range indicated by the number on the range icon determined from the edge of the charge or the condition token that is detonating. And uh, actually, Nick, in his little article, he made a point about this, is you don't roll once for each unit that is caught in the area explosion. You roll separately for each one. Right. Which, yeah, makes sense. You know, but they, they also did stuff like clarify compulsory moves. You know, Compulsory moves are not a move action, but it's still a move that triggers uh, standby. Right, um, right. So, but it doesn't trigger stuff like relentless, steady, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, it, because, I mean, there, there are instances where you could do, I, I believe, a compulsory move. Or there could be instances in the future where you do a compulsory move with a unit that has the steady keyword that allows you to fire after you move. Right? So you can't do a compulsory move, shoot, move, move kind of thing. Okay. Right? Um, you know, and that, that shooting being off of a steady, off of a compulsory move. Okay. Um, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of cleaning up. Uh, you know, solves a lot the, of cleanup. Yeah. Solves yeah. the debate on whether emplacement troopers can deep strike because they are uh, they are now troopers. troopers. So you will yep. be able to drop pod your 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 cox cable dish um, <laughs> behind enemy lines, which you know. I can watch HBO on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking, looking, but I mean, looking at the at, at those at those weapons with it being an emplaced weapon. Yeah, okay, you can't move it, right? Yeah. So you got to put it in that deployment zone, and then it sits there. Being able now to go with, you know, if if you have those, if you're a rebel and you have those in your list, and you don't have. The, um, the the that card that lets you do that in your in your list, what are you doing, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's an auto include for sure. A I, couple I, of the rules for the emplacement troopers I really like though were okay. They can pivot, makes perfect sense. Sure. Yep. 
cannot be displaced, so you can't just try to run over them and, you know, shift them around. Uh, ground vehicles cannot move through emplacement troopers, and another unit cannot end a compulsory move overlapping an emplacement trooper. Plus, they also give cover benefits to people behind them. So, yeah, so that adds, you know, yeah. quite a bit of strategic value for them. Yeah. I, I, I don't particularly like the fact that you can't panic that unit um, off the board. Hmm. Um, I, and it would be a really hard mechanic to do, but I think I was reading in there where it says that if you if you hit max suppression on a unit that can't move, it just loses all of its actions and stays there. The guys would run away. Sure, right? I mean, um, and you could simulate that, you know. But, uh... but but if they rally, they're then they're there. Sure. So it's I I think they need a better mechanic, or I would have liked to have seen a better mechanic there. That you know, okay, the guys are running away. Where you take. You know, a couple of dudes, and you run them away, and now they got to run back to the thing to be able. to... <laughs> or is that really necessary for yeah, the enjoyment not. of the game? <laughs> it's probably one of those things that Alex Davy would. You you, know, you can do the little doodle doodle do as you move your guys away from your dish as they panic <laughs> off the board. I don't think people. Will. It's probably one of those things that Alex. Except Davey you're you're taking e-webs anyways when they were conceptualizing the game. Sure. Went, ah, that's terrible because that's me, the bad <laughs> yeah, idea. Cutting guy. room floor. There yeah, we go. Yeah, I'm the bad idea guy. Yeah. <laughs> So we didn't see a lot of changes, but we saw a lot of clarifications. Yeah, um, a lot. Yeah, basically, stuff that we knew that had either come down through Facebook or yeah. emails and things have now been codified and set in stone. Sure, so, but nothing like, that we looked at and went, "Whoa, what? big change!" Yeah. No, but yeah. it, it's great to have it, you know, all together in one place. Where if we're playing a game with somebody and you know, it, the rules are you know coming into question at some point you don't want to be like well i saw this in an email from alex davy one point that was you know referenced on a reddit page that was you know linked to right. the forum it's like you don't want to go on this wild goose chase to try to find it you've got it all in one place now um another one i thought that was really good was the the movement clarifications um so you cannot end your movement on top of a condition or objective token so i mean that can make a difference depending on how many units you can you know fit within that radius okay and the wobbly model syndrome kind of gets clarified, too. Oh, what did it say so for that? So it said for that that you cannot end a movement on terrain that would cause them to be unstable or at a 45-degree or steeper angle. And here we go again. Define unstable. Well, and that's oh, where... It's going to tip mean, over without any extra that's external... Your, hey, did it, did, is it not completely flush on <laughs> oh the base? That's not, that's not stable. Okay. I mean, here you go. No, I'm, it's, 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 I think it's a big deal. You know, define what, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to add another line to the end of that and say, if I unstable can, is defined as X. Yeah. If I can tap near the table and your model doesn't tip over on its side, I think that's stable. I think, it, you know, it's going to have to be something agreed to by players before yeah. the game starts. I because mean, I know with you some agree of the terrain that we use. For the other rules of the game, why not this? Yeah. Exactly. Because we don't use just, you know, flat terrain. Yeah. We have terrain that, you know, is contoured like any other battlefield would be so you're naturally not going to expect a model to be able to stand on that exactly so obviously talk to and it's opponent. also silly to think that a atrt with expert climber can clamber up the side of a building with no ill effects but a little bit of rocks causes it to not be able to go there <laughs> right you know yeah so i mean it, yeah. there's there's obviously some theater of the mind joshua right and you know to be fair to be fair you know i I was just playing devil's advocate there you know i I think that those you know atrts hell i think even repulsor vehicles should be able to be allowed onto terrain pieces especially area terrain pieces oh yeah but based off of the rules you can't put a repulsor model on terrain you you really can't because it's got a it can't overlap terrain 
is is the way the ruling works. Even area terrain. Even area terrain. I, I, I don't think so. Anyway, is that true? I, and if I, I would like if to I'm, if I'm incorrect, sounds... please correct me. Yeah. You know whether that you're Facebook really or Twitter or whatever, but you know the, the 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 rulings and the way that I've seen it played is that you know repulsor vehicles have to end their movement on a flat piece of board. Yeah. I mean that that was. Which, which completely. Yeah. So what if you've got a little forest cut out that is area terrain, but it's still flat? That's fine. Oh, but if okay. you have and some of these fine. contoured craters, sure. For some reason, a repulsor vehicle can't go over a contoured crater. It can fly over a house as long as it's passing it, but it can't fly. It can't end with its movement on a contoured crater that might be half an inch above the ground, which I think is silly. No, that's up to forty-five degrees. Isn't that what it's? That, that is what it says. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I think it can. I mean, within reason. Well, it's within, that within reason degrees, that is yeah. the, the question. Uh, one of the things I really like is for the heavy weapons team that we're going to see with the Rebel Commandos soon is if your leader dies, for some reason he's like caught out, caught out around the corner, is the only eligible model to die. If you have to promote one of the other guys, he gets the heavy weapons still. Oh, somebody good. picks it up. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Cool. Makes a lot of sense. Well, and also it. your team leader is the heavy weapons guy. Right, right exactly. Right. Yeah, so yeah, your heavy yeah. weapons team, yeah, so your not, leader is the heavy weapon guy. You so, know, yeah. you know, I mean, with like stormtroopers, you know, your your first four guys to die are just your E11 guys. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your squad leader and your DLT. And then your DLT is the last guy to die. You know, second to last guy to die because you can't change it. You know, those four, four, four guys to die in the stormtroopers actually pop their helmets off. They're all Duros. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. I figured. It's monstrous. Yeah. Horrible. I thought the I thought the Empire hated aliens, but I guess that's not. why they're always the first to die. Oh, <laughs> Operation Human Shield. All oh, right. it's horrible. Uh, well, did you have a, any other rules in here that you guys saw that uh, immobilized tokens seem to be really cool? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be with Boba Fett. We're going to start seeing those. I think mm-hmm. with the, with the uh, whipcord, whipcord and launcher. That. Yeah. So those and are also sweet. Papa Palpatine and his crackling fingers. Oh, bring Papa that Palpatine. on. <laughs> yeah, along with that too, it also starts. Uh, it brings up the rules for the uh, area weapons. Now we haven't seen any of those yet, right, but yeah. um, you know, once those come into come into play, and it, like I said before, I mean, it's good that they're preemptively explaining some of these rules because as soon as those models come out, you know that there's probably people who are going to raise all kinds of questions. So sure, you know, it, it was good getting that insight from from Alex and Luke last week that they are playtesting this stuff, seemingly, you know. To the point where they're going to foresee all of the potential problems, and when they don't, they're they've been good about correcting them. So. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, it, it's cool. I can I, I love the living document format, especially when they color code it for updates, so I can just like, oh, okay, what's changed here? Yeah, uh, right. I was going to print out copies of it for everybody to and, and read, but and that's something they've done since the fact with X Wings, though, too. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if that makes it over to if and when they make an app for this. Fingers yeah. crossed. All right, guys. Well, that's about it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tatooine Network. Amanda, at the end, do you understand? For more from the Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.